matters that I have not seen. And I ask that, God, your word will flow freely in this place and be glorified among your people. Be glorified in this house, Father. And we pray that, to God, every demonic hindrance that the enemy will bring is stopped. We come against doctrines of demons. We come against seducing spirits. We come against sorcery and trickery from the enemy that will try, that will wants to keep cheating your people out of prosperity. We curse that demon spirit and we release all you have for us today. Let revelation flow freely, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Let Jesus help you. Tell your neighbor, let Jesus help you. Let Jesus help you. Satan is a liar and a deceiver. He's a liar, a trickster, a fraudster, a schemer, a deceiver. He's all that. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9, the Bible says that Satan, the devil called Satan, he deceives the whole world. How much of the world? What does he do again? How much now? He deceives the whole world. He tricks. He lies. He deceives. That means the whole world right now is living under a demonic deception. They think that you and I sitting in church, that we're the ones deceived. They think that you and I sitting in church, we're the ones that are gullible. They think that you and I, we're in church because we're weak-minded. But the reality of it is, is they're the ones who are weak-minded, and Satan is controlling them through their minds. The Bible calls him the God of this world. He's blinded the minds of those in this world, lest they should receive the glorious light of the gospel. So in the world, they are being deceived. Can you say amen? amen. Yet... My issue today is that he's been able to trick many, if not most, of God's people out of abundant living. I know what he's doing to the world, and, and that, that's one thing, but what he's doing to the church is what's most alarming to me. Because in the church where you and I, uh, we are so-called, and I, I want to I I believe that we are believers, and we read the word of God, and we say we believe the word of God, yet the enemy has tricked people in the body of Christ out of what God has for us, out of the abundant life that Jesus Christ came to provide for us. Does not your Bible say in John 10.10 10, that the thief comes only to steal? And to kill, come on, and destroy. Jesus said, but I am come that you might have a life and that you might have it how? More abundantly. We know in the Amplified Classic Bible it says that, that I have come that you might have and that you might enjoy life and that you might have it to the full, in abundance, to the full until it overflows. So God sent Jesus Christ here for you and me to have and enjoy life. He sent Jesus Christ here for you and me to have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, he's talking about life here. This doesn't mean he wants you to live 785 years, whereas everybody else only lives 80 years. He's not talking about just life, just existing. He's talking about you and I having, you and me having um, real abundant life where everything is good. Where you and I don't just have potatoes, but we have gravy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Last, last Sunday, we had our flight leaders luncheon, and uh, our culinary arts team put together a wonderful meal, and they, they, they fried some pork chops for us, and... and uh, and um, 
and the, the front porch office, they were so good, and, and, and Brother Barry seen they made this apple compote that went on there, and it was really, really good. But some of, some of our southern uh, leaders in the group said, boy, this would have been good with some of that 40-weight gravy on there, boy. So that gravy would have taken that thing over the top. You know how your mama would fry, fry a pork chop, but then she put it in that pan and smother it in some gravy. Jesus wants to smother your life with some gravy. Ah, he wants to smother your life with some gravy, some 40-weight gravy to kind of put you to sleep like that. Are oh, you following what I'm saying to you? He came that we might have and enjoy life, that we might have an abundance to the full till it overflows. Satan is the reason why there's so much debate in the body of Christ about financial prosperity. There's still debate in the body of Christ about financial prosperity. People have made controversial what God's word has made clear. That God wants you to prosper. Third John it's only one chapter, verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all that you may prosper and be in health even as your souls prosper. Psalm 35, verse 27 says that we should um, uh, give thanks to the Lord who he delights in the prosperity of his servant. He delights in the prosperity of his servant. Psalm 1, verse 3 talks about that whatsoever you and I do will prosper. God wants us to prosper. The Bible is replete with scriptures about you and me prospering. God wants us to prosper. In fact, I want to make it very clear. I want to make it very clear. God wants you rich. And the reason why people struggle with that is because the enemy has gotten into the church and, and gotten the church um, convinced that there's some glory out of poverty. And, and it's come through where people in certain denominations, certain faiths, have made vows of poverty, yet the ones at the top don't live in poverty. <laughs> you, 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 you ever seen the Vatican? You ever seen the layout of the Vatican and how it's nothing poor about it, yet the vow of poverty, as if there's some glory out of, out of being poor. God gets no glory out of you and me being poor. Hallelujah. Well, can I be poor and still go to heaven? You absolutely can. If I'm rich, do I go to hell? No, not necessarily. Because you and I can be rich and righteous. And God, what he has to do is work on us in our righteousness so that riches don't, don't, don't cause us to compromise. See, when your heart is set on God and not on riches, riches will not move you. You're still going to praise God as much as you did, if not more than you did when you were broke. Hallelujah. I used to praise God when I was broke, and I was praising God by faith and thanking God. I believe you, God. You're going to bless me, and it's going to work out, and somehow the rent's going to come before the first. Thank you, Lord. But now that the rent is paid before the first, I still praise God the same. Are you following what I'm saying? Because, because the money doesn't change you. Hallelujah. So God's word makes it clear he wants us rich. There's a scripture in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, and it's in the Living Bible, in the Living Bible, and it says this, if you will only let me help you. 
What's my subject today again? Let Jesus help you. If you will only let me help you. If you will only let, I want y'all to read it with me. Ready? Go. If you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will. This is God talking. So we, we ought to make sure that there's no more controversy. There may be controversy in the church, but not controversy in my own heart. I know what I know because I can read. And if I read it in the word of God, there's no more controversy. I don't care what reverend so-and-so says and sister so-and-so says and what minister so-and-so taught. I don't care about them, you know, uh, trying to... Um, uh, make me comfortable in barely making it. No, 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 no. That's not what God said. He said, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, so let him help you, let, and if you obey, he says, then I will. Who's going to do it? God will make you rich. Hallelujah. No more controversy. Everybody say no more controversy. In fact, in the Bible, you go through this course of scripture and anybody who dared to follow God, their finances turned around dramatically. Um, now, let's go, go to Genesis 12. And I know some of you all, this will be elementary to you because you already know all this. But indulge me for a few moments here. And let's look at Genesis 12 because it's one thing to know, another thing to show it. Uh, a lot of head knowledge in the body of Christ. I know I'm supposed to be rich, but what's the problem? I want to get to the root. I want to get to the, to, the, to the issue as to why God's people are still struggling, why, why God's people uh, struggle with, with little things um, that, according to the word of God, should never be an issue for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let me ask this question. How many of y'all love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? There, is that all the hands? Anybody that don't love him, put your hand. If you don't love him with anything... Okay, you hate God. Y'all hate God? There was some hands still up, like, okay. okay. So, so you love God with all your heart, so much. But remember, I changed. But y'all didn't follow me? Okay. okay. Well, the reason I changed because there were some hands that didn't go up. So I wanted those people to just put your hands up, let us know you hate God, so we can make sure security is watching you. Okay, so, so if you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, there ain't anything you wouldn't do if God told you to do it, right? There ain't anything that you wouldn't do if God gave you opportunity. And yet if we say, okay, we're gonna, we need to raise uh, seven to $80,000 for uh, getting things done, and if you, if you say, well, I, man, I, I, I would show love, I surely would love to give to that, but I don't have it. Well, wait a minute, why don't you have it? Why don't you have it? See, because th this issue, because we have to let him help us. We have to let him help us. We have to work with God and not against him. We have to, we have to let go of our plan B and C and D. You know, take that one little ace up our sleeves and rip it up. And say, okay, God, I keep making a mess. Your word says I'm supposed to be rich. Y'all are quiet in this Baptist church. See, when I read something like where God's word tells me I'm supposed to be healed, 
and I still have symptoms in my body, I don't question God. I question me. Because God is truth. He cannot lie. And if God says by his stripes, by Jesus Christ's stripes, I was healed, which means I'm healed, then if I still have symptoms in my body, I don't question him. I question me. I say, God, show me where I'm missing it. Hallelujah. So by the same token, if, if his word tells me that I'm supposed to be rich, and I'm going to show you through the scripture you're supposed to be rich, you're supposed to be rich, no more controversy. Then if I'm not, if I'm still struggling in my finances, then I don't need to be asking God what's wrong with him. I've got to be asking what's wrong with me. In fact, I always use that as my title today, what's wrong with me. I got to find out what's wrong with me. Where, where am I missing it? Amen. And I, I, I choose to believe every person in this room, on the sound of my voice, if you serve God, it's because you love God. And there's nothing God would ask you to do that you wouldn't do. I choose to believe that God, if, if, that if, if, if God prospered you, you'd be so willing to bless people. You'd be so willing to minister to people. You'd be so willing to do what he called you. I'm, I, I choose to believe that. Am, am I right? Okay, good. Because I, I choose to believe that you really want to serve God with everything you have. So if you find that you can't do so and so this and that, then I need to question myself. Hallelujah. I'm going to be honest with you. As pastor, I went back and I began to question my teaching. Like, okay, am I not teaching right? Am I not giving the word clear enough? Is there something wrong with me? Something wrong with the word? And God had to reassure me, nothing wrong with the word. You're teaching it right. So if the people are not walking in what you're talking about, then it's not on God and it's not on the preacher. Hallelujah. And, and as, as your, if you allow spiritual father, I want you as my children to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than knowing my children walk in the truth. I want you to, and part of the truth for you is that you're supposed to have plenty of money. Thank you. Thank you, Luke. I appreciate it. Part of your truth as children of God is that you're supposed to have plenty of money. You're supposed to be rich. Hallelujah. Now I'll help y'all because some of y'all are struggling. I'll help you a little later on that because you're, you're struggling. So go to Genesis 12 because, again, anybody in the scriptures we find who followed God, their finances turned around dramatically. Look at Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. Genesis 12, y'all know about Abraham. This is God's covenant man. Hallelujah. We saw where God cut covenant, uh, established covenant with Adam. Then Adam blew it, God established covenant with, with Noah. But then uh, later on, God established a covenant with Abraham. We're, uh, we see this Abrahamic covenant. Y'all got it? Yeah. Genesis 12, verse 1 through 3. Now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you so and so forth. Yeah. So first thing I want to make sure I bring out to you is that if God's going to get your attention, if God's going to get you to change, if God's going to be able to do anything in your life, he will often require you to um, leave familiarity. He said, get out of your country, get out of your family, and your father's house. 
Now, your father's house is the house you live in, your house you're part of, your immediate family. Then it says your family, now that's all your extended family, the ones you go chase off and have family reunion with and you go out of town and you travel with them and you do all this kind of stuff and everybody still has the same mindset. Everybody, they, they've been on HUD for the last three generations and everybody's been broke for the last four generations and everybody talks about waiting on the government to give them reparations and we need affirmative action and people don't, if the folk don't help me, we ain't going to make it. Y'all see how quiet y'all are? If the, if, if the man don't help me, we ain't going to make it. If they don't forgive my student loans, they ain't going to make it. Well, they not forgiving your student loans. I kept telling y'all that from the beginning. They're not forgiving your student loans. I told you, keep paying those loans. They're not going to forgive them. I told you, it's unconstitutional, and they knew it from the beginning when they first put that out there to get you to vote for them. I told you that told you that. But if you're around people and you keep talking that kind of yin-yang, you will never allow or, or open yourself up to the provision, the wondrous provision of God because you're waiting on some man or some organization to bail you out. This same man, Abram, uh, over there in the uh, uh, 14th chapter of Genesis, he, he told he told um, um, uh, Chedorlaomer, he told, told the king of Berea, he said, I'm not going to let any man say you've made Abram rich. I've sworn my hand to God. I'm not going to let anybody say you've made Abram rich. In other words, God, he says, God makes me rich. So he says, get out of your country, out of your family, from your father's house to a land I will show you. He says, I will make you a great nation. Notice this next line. I will bless you. I will bless you. I will bless you. How many of y'all here are blessed? Now, I'm going to show you something here. Because when you and I say we're blessed, the blessing looks like something. Because when he said, I will bless you, this isn't, this isn't like when somebody sneezes, you say, bless you. Bless you. No, when he says, I will bless you, it's going to be tangible. It's going to materialize in your life. I will bless you. And he says, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And watch this last part. And in you, all families of the earth, shall be blessed. Go to Genesis 13. The next chapter, Genesis 13. Follow along. Now, I know some of y'all know this, but open your Bible. You got, you got to read it in your Bible. I don't, I don't care about what you know, because knowledge puffs up. I don't, I don't care what you know, and you don't have enough jingle in your pocket. And you all one time tomorrow, I'm struggling. I'm going through again. Shut up with all your no, because obviously you don't know enough. Obviously you don't know enough. Knowledge will puff you up because you think you know something. So please help yourself. Let me and Jesus help you. Open your Bible and follow along with me. Genesis 13, verse 2, Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold, in stuff. He's very rich. He's what kind of rich? Now, remember, God said, I'm going to bless you. I will bless you. So we see here in the next chapter that he said, now, Abram, now, no, this means he wasn't rich before that. Ha! 
Hallelujah. Now remember back the, um, you probably don't remember, I'm going to remind you. The first Sunday of this year, I preached a message entitled, How to Guarantee Prosperity in 2023. And I told you that you have to um, change your, 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 your um, status. Remember I talked about that? You might have to change your surroundings. Y'all remember that? Your circle. Change your thinking. That's why God had to get Abram out from his country, out from his father, from his family, out from his father's house. Um, I'm going to tell it this for somebody I don't know. This might be for 16 people. Your family is keeping you broke. I don't know which 16 of you that is. Um, this for another 13 people. Your friends are keeping you broke. And this for 75 of you. Your foolish mindset is keeping you broke. Everything that God told him to leave. Now we see he's very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. Look at Genesis 24, 35. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask the media, give it to me right there in the Good News translation. You don't, you don't have to find it. Genesis 24, 35. I got to speed through this here. Genesis 24, 35. I want you to read it with me in the Good News translation. Look up on the screen, please. Ready? Read. No, hold, hold, pause, 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 pause. Before you read, this is Eleazar, who is Abram's chief servant. In Genesis 24, he's, Eleazar is going to find a wife, a bride, for Abraham's son, Isaac. And when he meets Rebecca, the soon-to-be wife, and her family, he tells them where he's from, who he represents, and to let Rebecca know what she's about to get into. You better find out. You better know what kind of family you're about to get into. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something real, real quick. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. This, this is a special little secret. You're going to need more than love on the first of the month. As I said, you're going to need more than love on the first of the month. Love is good in the night hour, but when you got to wake up, you're going to need more than love. So, so Eleazar wants to make sure Rebecca knows what kind of family she has the opportunity to get into. So he says it's ready, read. Genesis 24, 35, put on the screen, ready, read. The Lord has greatly blessed my master and made him... He has given him flocks of sheep and goats, cattle, silver, gold, male and female servants, camels, and donkeys. So notice he says the Lord has greatly blessed. Remember I asked you, are you blessed? So the Lord has greatly blessed my master and made him a rich man. So the blessing does not just give you tingly feelings. 
The blessing in, well, how you doing? I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm blessed. <laughs> no, the blessing is going to produce something in your life. Hallelujah. Now, you are blessed. I said you are blessed. But with the blessing, you must let Jesus help you. You must let him help you and you must obey him. Because if you let him help you and you let and you obey him, then the blessing then can do what it does. And I want to make sure we can clear uh, our lives of whatever hindrances we have placed in our lives that are blocking the power of the blessing. Tell you that, but the blessing is on you. I'm not telling you, you got to let it work. You got to let it work. Give me Genesis 26, 13 in the easy to read version. Now, this is Isaac, who happens to be Abraham's son. Now, we tend to think that when God, when, when Abraham blessed Isaac, that Abraham gave him all, a bunch of money. But no, that's not the case. The Bible says that, that, um, that before Abraham died, Abraham gave gifts to all of his sons. You know, he had more sons than just Isaac. He had Ishmael, but he also had a bunch of uh, wives from, um, uh, a bunch of, bunch of sons from Keturah. He married Keturah. Y'all know what Keturah's from. Keturah. Keturah's from the hood. He married Keturah. You know Keturah's from the hood. You know that that name don't travel. So he, he married Keturah, and he had a bunch more sons from Keturah. And when, before he died, he didn't, he didn't wait for the insurance company to come pay him. He didn't wait for the will to be read. Uh, let, me, let me distribute to you all this now. But then the Bible says he gave to Isaac all that he had. Well, how could he have given Isaac all that he had if he gave all the gifts to the sons? Because it wasn't the money that he gave to Isaac. He gave Isaac the blessing. Now that blessing, you better catch this, that blessing is going to produce something for Isaac. So watch what happens now in Genesis 26, 13 from the easy-to-read version. It's easy to read. Yes, so we can see it. If you, have, if you still have controversy in your mind, you just, I don't know what's wrong because this is easy to read. Look at what it says. Ready? Ready? Put on screen, please. Come on, media. Ready? Read. Isaac became rich. He gathered more and more wealth until he became Notice it says Isaac became rich, which meant he wasn't rich already. He became rich. Why? Because Abraham gave him the blessing. So he became rich. And notice it says he gathered. Everybody say gather. Yeah. Now, how do you gather? With your hands. Now, I want to help all the faith people in the church. Well, I sold my seed, Pastor, and I'm confessing. Great. You create with your tongue, but you gather with your hands. I'm going to come over here. A lot of church folk are sitting on their butts in their prayer closet wondering why I'm still broke, Lord, why I'm still going through. I'm confessing. Yeah, your confessing is creating, helping to create. But you gather with your hands. You must do what your hands find to do. You, it says, he'll, may he bless the work of your hands. So notice it says that Isaac, put it back on the screen. Give me that scripture, please, please. Genesis 26, 13. Isaac became rich. He gathered more and more wealth until he became a very, just like his daddy, a very rich man. Isaac has two sons, one named Esau and one named Jacob. Esau despised his birthright. Esau wanted some stew so much. Were y'all here Wednesday night? 
Esau wanted some stew so much, he sold his birthright in exchange for one little old bowl of stew. Hallelujah. He gave up his entitlement to the blessing, and the blessing came, it fell rather on Jacob than it did on Esau. So now Jacob, when Jacob leaves, Genesis 28 talks about how when Jacob leaves uh, Isaac and Rebekah's house, the Bible says that Isaac sent Jacob with nothing but a stick and he gave him the blessing. Genesis 28, he said, may the blessing of Abraham come upon you. He gave, Isaac, he gave Jacob the blessing. Not a load of money, he gave Jacob the blessing. Now watch what happens to Jacob. Genesis um, 30, verse 43, Genesis 30, verse 43 in the easy to read version. Jacob is working in Laban's house. He's working for the man. And the man is, is, um, is withholding his wages. The man is not doing him right. The man will never do you right. I wish I had more amens. I said the man will never do you right. Your prosperity doesn't, never, it never comes from a job, but it can come through a job. So he's working for the man, and the man has changed his wages. He said, you changed my wages ten times. You've been, you've been railroading me because, you know, Laban was a schemer just like Jacob was. But God gave Jacob an ideal. God gave Jacob a dream and showed him, here's how I'm going to bless you. So then Jacob followed through on what God showed him to do. And now in Genesis 30, verse 43, Genesis 30, verse 43, it says it's ready, read. In this way, Jacob, he had Abram was very rich. Isaac became very rich. Jacob became very rich. Why? They're all operating with this blessing. But I want to remind you of something in Genesis 12, verse 3, that God told Abraham, he said, in you, all nations of the earth, all families of the earth shall be blessed. So what was passing down from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob was Abraham's lineage. The blessing was passing down through Abraham's lineage. But God's promise in Genesis 12 verse 3 was all families of the earth. So even if you were not born into Abraham's lineage, you were not born in the Jewish lineage, you were not born a Hebrew because you are a family in the earth, then that same blessing that came on Abraham and Isaac and Jacob can now come on you and me as well. Are y'all hearing this? So go please to Galatians, please. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3. Y'all stick with me here. I'm moving quickly because I want to get as much in the, into you as I can. Galatians 3. Everybody okay? Galatians 3. Hallelujah. I want to shoot the devil right between the eyes. Hallelujah. We're going to get him off your financial back. We're going to put that poverty demon to flight. I said, we're going to put that poverty demon to flight. You're going to be poor no more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm not poor, Pastor. I got some money, but can you do everything you want to do? No, come on, tell us. Can you do everything you want to do? I know you're doing all right, but I ain't good enough. Hallelujah. It 
didn't say Abraham was doing all right. It didn't say Isaac was doing all right. It didn't say Jacob was doing all right. It said they were very rich. Hallelujah. Now Galatians, now why did he get there? Remember the blessing now, watch. Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. Hallelujah. It says Christ has redeemed us. Us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, come on, cursed is everyone who hangs. Now today we're celebrating the Lord's Supper. The reason we're celebrating the Lord's Supper, we're remembering how Jesus Christ went to Calvary's cross and he died on the cross for us. When he died on the cross, shed his blood, it was not only to redeem us from sin, but to redeem us from the curse of the law, to redeem us from sickness and disease, to redeem us from poverty. When he said in John 19, 30, it is finished, he meant it was all finished. He finished everything. He took care of sin. He took care of the curse. He took care of sickness. He took care of poverty. He took care of the lack. He took care of every issue. He said, it is finished. Hallelujah. He became a curse because he was hung on the tree. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, it, he did this, verse 14 says, that, or you could write in your Bible or make a mental note, so that, so that the blessing of Abraham, oh, Jesus, so that the blessing of Abraham, that same blessing that made Abram a very rich man, that same blessing that made Isaac a very rich man. That same blessing that made Jacob a very rich man. And you follow down the line, Joseph. You go on down the line. You can trail all the way down to, to, to David. and Boaz. Remember Boaz was a very rich man? Y'all talk about Boaz. He, was, he had the blessing on him. It was that blessing on him. If a man come and tell you he your Boaz, but he don't have no blessing money. You just, you're not my Boaz, brother. You. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the blessing made these men very rich. And the Bible says Jesus Christ became a curse. He was hung on a tree, that's the cross, so that that same blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That's you and me. The same blessing. Say it, the same blessing. You got to get that. You, you, know, you know you and I don't have a different Holy Ghost than Jesus had? Than Peter had, than Paul had? You know you and I, we're not using a different faith than Jesus used when he cursed the fig tree. It's the same faith. So we, you and I don't have a different blessing than the one that was on Abraham, on Isaac. Y'all going to make me work hard. Are y'all listening? It's the same blessing. And he says, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So he took the curse so the same blessing could come on us. 
So then I must conclude that whatever the blessing did for Abraham, it'll do for me. Whatever the blessing did for Isaac, it'll do for me. Whatever the blessing did for Jacob, it'll do for me. Are y'all hearing me today? I mean, whatever faith did for David, it'll do for me. Whatever the Holy Ghost did through Jesus Christ, he'll do for me. So by that same token, whatever the blessing did for those men, it will do for me. Are you with me so far? Proverbs 10, 22. He said, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Now, I don't want you to get this wrong or to have some kind of dispute. Let some curly hair guy come tell you something different. The blessing of Abraham and the blessing of the Lord are the same blessing. It's the same blessing. It's the blessing. When he it, when it called it the blessing of Abraham, it's the blessing of, of the Lord that was released on and through Abraham. It's the blessing of the Lord that's released on and through Abraham. The reason it's called the blessing of Abraham was because Abraham was the man God found who would take it. So he's now the progenitor of the, the, the lineage and the blessing. He's the one God entered into covenant with. Are you hearing me? And so now when we read in Proverbs 10.22, how many of y'all read, have read this before? It says, the blessing of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody, anybody reading this? Or? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You got to receive what I'm saying to you today. I, I want you to forget about the balance of your checking account right now. I, I won't, no, y'all not. I want you to just forget the balance of your checking account. Forget, forget how much you own your credit cards, your student loans, your mortgage. I want you to forget, forget what you got to take care of. Today's, today's the second and the fifth is going to be, forget all that. I need you to, because the, the devil, he's trying, to, he's trying to get you, seduce you into thinking about that rather than thinking about this. Thinking about that isn't going to get it paid. But thinking about this is going to get it paid and beyond. So forget all that. Forget all that. Focus your mind, focus your spirit on this word. Your word says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That word sorrow means toil. It means painful struggle. That means when the blessing works, if you let the blessing work, if you let Jesus help you, it, uh, it takes you out of struggling. Man, 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 man. It takes you out of toil. It takes you out of grinding trying to make it. I'm not, I'm not discouraging diligence. I'm making sure that you're not calling the hustle, you're not calling toiling diligence. Because that, when you do that, that's you trying to make yourself rich. That's you pursuing rich. 
you missed what I'm saying. God never wants you to pursue riches. He does not want you working to be rich. He wants you to serve him and let him make you. Because if you pursue being rich, it'll break you. It'll get you caught up in many sorrows that pierce the soul. It'll actually bankrupt your soul. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? So when you go after the money, it will bankrupt your soul. You let money get in there and you'll, 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 you'll compromise in your marriage, in your family, in your career. You'll compromise. But if you will let Jesus help you, You'll never have to compromise. You'll never have to concede to anything. You just have to let him help you. The blessing of the Lord makes you rich, makes you rich, makes, makes you, makes you, makes you rich. And he has no sorrow with it. Now I want to make sure I deal with all the religious demons that may be lurking around your ears. The religious devils that are poking in online and saying he's teaching that prosperity junk. And it doesn't mean rich with money. It means the blessing makes you rich in life. Like, you know, I'm, my life is better because I'm blessed. And because I'm blessed, you know, I'm, I'm, I sleep at night. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'm good. And I have peace in the midst of the storm. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy when I should be sad and that means I'm blessed and I'm rich because of that. And oh no, I'm rich because I have many friends. I'm rich because I have good family around me. I'm rich. You know, pe people have, people, they buy those kind of, those kind of greeting cards. I'm rich because of you. I'm rich because you're in my life. Because, because I have you in my life, that makes me rich. No. No. No, the blessing makes one rich. The Bible didn't say that the Lord has blessed my master greatly and he's rich with family and rich, rich with good night's sleep and he's rich because he always got friends and all around him and he can call anybody have a good time. No, he said he's blessed my master greatly and he's got silver and he's got gold and he's got livestock. And family so the blessing will produce a material result in your life who, who, who hears who's, who's listening who's listening blessing the Lord that makes one rich he makes he makes the blessing makes one rich he has no sorrow with it the word rich comes from the Hebrew word ashar. Ashar. Means, it means to be or become rich or wealthy. 
to enrich. It also means, and I'll show you later on, maybe next week, pretend to be rich. It means to make rich. It means to gain riches. To increase, to enrich oneself. How do you get peace out of all that? How do you get a good night's sleep out? How do you get... How does the devil let folk dumb down this word rich to mean something ethereal, something um, uh, just, just, you know, mental? It's got to be a trick of the devil. It's got to be a doctrine of a demon that will convince the body of Christ to read that word rich and even be so diligent as to, to find out what it means in the Hebrew, pull out a dictionary and look at what it means, and yet somehow walk away thinking that it doesn't mean material. It takes a PhD in theology to mess that up. And that's what happens. So many people go to seminaries and they get PhDs in, in religious studies and all of a sudden now they're so stupid because they have no revelation of scripture and they try to bring God down to, and his word down to what they can handle rather than let the Holy Ghost bring them up to what God is saying there are some things you can't handle Jesus told his disciples he said a lot of things now Jesus taught his disciples a lot of things he taught them a lot he taught them a lot but he said there's some things I want to tell you that you cannot bear them now but when the Holy Ghost comes, he's going to teach you all things. In other words, I don't care how much you go to school for theology. I don't care how many Sunday school classes you take. If you are not filled with the Holy Ghost and letting the Holy Ghost talk to you, there's going to be some revelation you simply cannot get. And so you will take God's word. And even people, people read scriptures like, by his stripes we are healed. And will take it to mean, it means that we're saved. We're saved. He heals us from our sins. What? Doc. 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 You can't read that and then not read in Matthew 8 where the Bible says he went and he healed people that it might be fulfilled. That he said, what Isaiah said, that with his stripes we were healed. He meant literally a physical healing in your body. And what happened some theologian because their grandma died and didn't manifest healing, they say it doesn't really mean healing. They try to explain it down because they have no Holy Ghost, no revelation to let them come up. Do not ever dumb down God's word to your experience. Never dumb down God's word to your experience. Bring your experience up. That's what I'm trying to do this morning. Y'all better wake up. I'm trying to bring your experience up to God's word. I want you to experience rich. I want you to experience one day very rich. I said I want you to experience rich. I want you to experience one day very rich. I want you to experience gathering more and gathering more wealth. Gathering more wealth until you become very rich. Well, I don't need all that. Neither did Isaac, but God still gave it to him. I don't need all that. Neither did Jacob and, and Abraham, but God still gave it to them. Stop telling God all you don't need. You don't know what you're going to need. 
He might be giving to you so that one day when he tells you, I want you to go build that orphanage, you ain't got to call nobody to help you. Stop telling God what you don't need. I don't need all that. Hallelujah. Deion Sanders had two toes cut off. And he's still walking. Which means you don't need ten toes. But God gave you ten. I'm going to come over here. I'm going to come over here. He had two toes cut off, which means, and he's still walking, means you don't need all ten to walk. But God gave you ten. So who cares about what you need? Let Jesus help you. Let him make you rich. Let him make you very rich. So that when he has to call on you to pull a trigger on something. You, Jesus, I'm locked and loaded. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Who you want me to bless today? Who you want me to bless? Whose life do you want me to change? Whose life? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the blessing makes you rich. It means to become rich. Oh, Jesus, let me hurry. Ah, uh, I ain't gonna make it to that side. Um, to become rich or wealthy and rich and pretend to be rich, to gain riches. Look, look the word rich, I looked it up in the Webster's 1828 dictionary. That's the original dictionary, not the, the watered down dictionary we have today in Webster's. This is the Webster's, the original 1828 dictionary. Webster, Noah Webster, who actually made his dictionary, wrote out his dictionary based on the Bible. You look up Noah Webster's dictionary, you read every word you'll see, you see in there, most 90% most of the words you'll see some entry in it about from the scriptures because he based his definitions on the Bible. So the original dictionary that we all have as our standard came because or based on the Bible. So you can understand why the devil has worked so hard to get the Bible out and to get people on other dictionaries because Webster's pointed back to the Bible. So in Webster's 1828 dictionary, the word rich, I want you to see what it means. I want you to see, can, can you handle what the blessing will do in your life? It means wealthy, opulent, opulent. You know what opulent means. Opulent means it's that there are things that are just, uh, I'm just putting it on simple terms, over the top. You, 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 you put marble everywhere. Do you know when God <laughs> well God ain't in all that. Well how come when God had Solomon build a temple they built it out of all imported cedar all imported cedar King Hiram sent all cedar to build the whole temple and then God commanded Solomon Overlay everything in gold. Y'all don't hear me. Overlay everything in gold. Oh, put, put gold on the toilets. Put gold on the sink. Put gold on the furniture. Put gold on the floor. Put gold on the walls. When you put the curtains up, 
I need gold thread, not gold colored thread, not gold colored thread, hammered gold going all through. God is all into opulence. When we get to heaven, we're going to walk on streets not paved with gold. That's how the songwriter said. The Bible doesn't say the streets are paved with gold. It says the streets are made of gold. Paving just like that overlay. No, no. Pa made, the streets are gold. Top to bottom. The foundations of the, of, of the city. Twelve. Stones. Diamonds. Topaz. Jasper. Bedellium. I mean, we're talking about oh, just God's not into all that. Have you read your Bible? Have you read about the Garden of Eden? What just beautiful trees? But a river of life? Four, it split out to four rivers, and the Bible says this one river went around Havilah where there was gold, good gold. And the Holy Ghost pointed out that there was good gold around. This wasn't no Shalimar gold. This is good gold. This wasn't no flea market nameplate. This was your, this was good gold. Are you hearing me this morning here? Wealth, wealthy, opulent. Hallelujah. God wants you to be opulent. I was getting dressed this morning, and I, my wife said, you got to get a three-piece. I said, well, I'm, I'm just wearing two-piece today. She said, two pieces? You got you to wear three-piece today. I, I wasn't. I was like, it's too hot. She said, no, this first Sunday. This is the Lord's Day. We celebrate communion. You got to put on three-piece. I said, all right, I'll put on three-pieces. In other words, opulent. Go make it. No, you don't have to. You don't have, you don't ever have to. If you wear jeans and some, and some vans, I'm not going to talk about you. Wear what you want to wear. But if I want to be opulent, let me be opulent. Let, let me be great. Let me be great. I don't care what you wear. Let me be great. If you want a two-bedroom lean-to, live in a two-bedroom lean-to. But if I want six-bedroom, seven-and-a-half baths and a four-car garage, let me be great. If you want a beater and a putt-putt, fine. But let me be great. Because I have a right. And you have a right. Watch what it means here. Wealthy, opulent, possessing a large portion of land, goods, or money. Watch this part. Or a larger portion than is common to other men or to men of like rank. So in other words, when people are like you, they know you're rich because you have more than them. God wants you 
to be his billboard, his advertisement, so people you went to high school with and people you went to college with and people you, you grew up with or people you work with on the same job and they looking at your lifestyle and saying, well, how are you living like you're living when you possess more than those who are on, on the same rank? How, you, how do you outlive me? You say, it's the blessing. It's the blessing. Are you working overtime? They offer overtime? It ain't overtime. It's the blessing. Are you sleeping with somebody at the job? No, I ain't sleeping around. It's the blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You won the lottery? No, it's the blessing. It's the blessing. Are you skimming off the top? You, I know you work the register. I, I, I'm going to watch you on the register because you, you drove up, drove up to, to work in a BMW. How you? How, it's, it's the blessing. See, and the blessing will do that if you let Jesus help you. All right. Let me, let me close out. Let me close out here. Let me close out here because I'm, I'm not I'm not going to be able to get into this. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into next Sunday uh, some laws of prosperity. And I, I want to teach you. I want I want to I want to make sure I ask you questions that when you and I answer these questions, we'll find out whether we are blocking the blessing from working in our own lives. So rich. Again, a shard to become, to be able to become rich or wealthy, to gain riches. Rich from Webster's to be wealthy, opulent, to possess a large portion of land. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I want a large portion of land. Um, you don't go turn there, but. Genesis 28.4, remember I told you how Isaac gave Jacob the blessing, the blessing of Abraham? Genesis 28.4 says this, and give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. So notice one part of the blessing is to produce land. God wants you to be landowners. In fact, you take the time later on today or this week and read through Psalm number 37 and see how many times God talks about you and me inheriting the earth, you and me possessing land, you and me having real estate. Hallelujah. I know some of y'all, well, I'm, just, I'm just happy renting. Great, great. Um, but at some point, you will be the land lord. You will lord over some land. And, and I'm sure you'll treat people right. So we see rich, rich. Now I want to close out today, unfortunately because we are late in time, very late in time, by giving you 
I, I want to give you my definition. Okay? Rich. You know, Wednesday nights I've been talking about how the blessing releases grace. Grace, which is divine ability, divine, divine energy, right? So the blessing that comes on us releases grace and empowerment. In fact, you know, in much of the church world, the faith world, we call the blessing, we, we define the blessing as the empowerment to prosper. Well, what does that power come from? It's grace. Grace is that power. It's that ability. So I want to define um, rich, and you can go home with this today. I want to define rich right from the Bible. Because if I look at it from the Bible, you and I can then, we now have a measuring stick. Right? I don't want you measuring yourself by the person on your road. I don't want you measuring yourself by your cousin. I don't want you measuring yourself by your neighbor, your classmate, your, your friend. Because when I'm talking about rich, I don't want you to um, set a dollar amount. Because it's not a certain dollar amount that makes you rich. Now, God wants your amount of dollars to be high. But the, the simplest definition of rich, understanding of rich, is your amount of dollars is higher than your need. So, don't get mad when I tell you this. I'm already rich. See, I'm going to come over here. See, you're looking at a rich man. You're listening to a rich man. I'm qualified to teach on this. Because I'm not broke. We have no debt. We got enough to pay for this month and next month and the next month already. We, we, so we, we have more than enough. So we're already rich. Now, I'm not, I'm not Bezos rich. Are you following what I'm So when I say rich, I don't want you calculating a certain dollar amount. Because, because notice what we read about, about Isaac in Genesis 26, 13, that he became rich, but he gathered more and gathered more wealth until he became very rich. So God wants you to, to, to progressively take you from broke to having enough to more than enough to one day very rich. Now, if you're broke, don't be discouraged because you're not going to stay there. If you listen to this preacher up here, you're not going to stay there. If you read this word, if you pray to the Lord, he will reveal things to you. You will not, you will not stay broke for long. I used to be there. My, I know it. I know I, I have, my wife and I have more broke stories than we have time to tell you. Some broke stories we would tell you. Some broke stories I will not tell you because it will be embarrassing. Because nobody else could possibly be that broke. So we have broke stories. But we went from broke to having, okay, just enough. Ooh. To now having more than enough. And the day will come, I don't know when, but it will be soon, 
that we'll have way long more than enough. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. <laughs> See, just like I have my broke testimonies, I have some rich testimonies too. But because most folk can't handle rich testimonies, I have to kind of keep those to myself. I can't, I can't tell you everything that God has done because then you think I'm bragging, but I'm not bragging. I, I'm, not, I'm not smart enough to do it. The Lord has made me rich. Look at y'all, look at y'all. I said the Lord has done it. The same blessing that worked on Isaac, on Isaac will work on Abraham, worked on Jacob, it'll work on the bakers, it'll work on Nathaniel, it'll work on Joe, it'll work on Shay. What, what, I mean, it'll work, it, it, put your name in there, it'll work on you. So let's define it in closing based on scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, the Amplified Classic. We're going to, divide, we're going to define what rich looks like. What rich looks like. We know dictionary definition of wealthy and opulent. Let's look at it here in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Are you there? It says, and God is able to make all grace, every favor, every favor, every favor, and, come on, y'all and said, and, what's an earthly blessing? Earthly blessing is the things you need, the things that bless you on earth. I don't know if you understand this, but you don't need money in heaven. You need money on earth. When you walk in publics, you can speak in tongues in five different languages. But if you try to walk out with that fried chicken, they will come and get you. You need some earthly blessings. Somebody help me out. I need some earthly blessings. You can, you can fast 21 days. But if you don't pay Duke, you will fast in the dark. Because you need some earthly blessings. So every favor and earthly blessing come to you in so number one, I want you to, if you're taking notes mentally or, or, or written, just make sure you take this note here. When we define rich, abundance. Number one, abundance. It's right there in the text, abundance. What does abundance mean? More than enough. So we're already defining what rich is. It's more than enough. So if, if your expenses for the month are 5,000 and you have 5,500, 
Guess what? You have more than enough. You're rich. Y'all, yeah. Y'all, y'all better get this here. I'm trying to get this. Because see, what I'm going to do later on, I'm going to show you some reasons why you're broke, some reasons why you keep coming under what you need. Because if I can get you to stop coming under, I take you to rich right away. Matter of fact, I declare you'll be rich by the end of next Sunday. Now, I didn't say you're going to be a millionaire. I said you're going to be rich. Because you're going to have abundance. You're going to have more than enough. Because you're going to find out what I'm doing that keeps taking me under. And I'm going to stop doing those things that take me under. That's going to now put me over. And I'm going to be rich. That's, we got to start there. Before I get you to millionaire and multimillionaire and billionaire status, let's get you to at least where you're more than enough. So God is able to make all grace abound towards you, favor, earthly blessing, come to you in abundance. So the first definition here, first part of our definition is abundance. Everybody say abundance. abundance. Now let's keep going here in this definition. Number one is abundance. So that you may, here it is, number two. Here's how you know when you're rich. Always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, be self-sufficient. Okay? Always and under all circumstances. That means no matter what comes up. I always, oh man, let me tell you something. I, I can't tell you how good it feels. And I keep telling God, God, I'm so thankful. Today, I have zero financial fears. I have zero financial fears. I right now have no fear of any financial predicament. Because there's a grace. That's on me, that's on you, to always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, let a tire blow out. See, most Americans right now, most Americans, if, if, if two tires blew out, they couldn't replace two. Because the average American can't put their hand on $400. And to replace two tires, would have to go to new tires, would have to go to, go to Amscot, go to the pawn shop, and try to get some money to try to make something happen. You don't have to raise your hand, but I know if that's the average, and that's the average in this church. But I intend, by the help of the Holy Ghost, to change that. To make sure if two tires block, you get four. Brand new. And not the worst ones in the whole. See, because God wants you to always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be what? Self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support. That means whenever a situation comes up, 
you don't need anybody to help you. And if an emergency arose, I don't need to borrow any more money from mama. Now, if you're not there yet, don't be discouraged. You're going to let the Lord help you. You're going to obey him, and you're going to get there. But I'm going to make sure in my job I show you what obstacles are keeping you from getting there because they're all in Scripture. So number one, I have abundance. Number two, I always and under all circumstances, no matter what the need, have sufficiency. I have enough and I require no aid or support. You know the only people who crying about debt, uh, college student loan not being paid off is people who can't feel like they can't pay them. <laughs> the only people crying about that are people who feel like they can't pay them. Because if you felt like you can pay them, well, just pay them. Nah, it would have helped. It would have been nice. Somebody would have, you know, they took off 10 grand, 20 grand. That would have been nice. First of all, I think, y'all got one minute? First of all, I think that was a stupid objective anyway. Can I just, because the average student loan interest is only 4.99%. If you're going to help me, get me out of this car loan. Oh, y'all are sick. If you're going to help me, because the car loan, the average car loan on a new car now today is between 7 and 9%. The average car loan on a used car loan is about 11 to 12%. Bumps through the loan. Help me at this car loan I got myself into. And the student loan, you got 30 years to pay that. That car loan, you got to pay off in five years. And still got to fix stuff on it. All right, that's the side note. Number one is abundance. Number two is always, under all circumstances, having enough. I know whatever the need, I have enough. I'm sufficient. I don't need anybody's aid or support. And number three. Here is when you know you hit it. Here is when you know you hit it. Here is when God is satisfied. When you possess enough, you are furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Now that's when God says you have hit it. That's when God says you have arrived. When not only do you have enough for your bills, not only do you have enough to take care of yourself, but when he says, here's an issue, a need I have in the earth, and there's a family I need to be blessed. There's somebody who's in, who has trouble. There's a country that we need to feed. There's an orphan that we need to take care of. There's someone who needs to touch their lives. And he says, okay, let me call on Marie. Take care of that for me. And God says, and Marie says, sure, Lord, I'll do it because... Uh, I'm furnishing abundance for every good work and charitable donation. You know you have arrived when you can bless other people and it don't affect your bottom line. Y'all missing it. 
See, you're missing it. You ain't have, see, people ain't rejoicing about that. You're rejoicing about getting the Rolls Royce. What we want to rejoice about is we know we've arrived when we can bless other people any time of day, seven days a week, and it don't stop us one bit. Because the ultimate purpose of prosperity is not for your purse, not for your car, not for your belt, not for your shoes, not for your house, but it's to bless somebody else. God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and you are going to be a blessing. Folks, don't get excited about that. And if you don't get excited about the end goal, you'll never get the means to the end. End goal of Kwanda is that I can bless people. My wife and I, we live good. My family, we live good. But we partner with ministries and organizations all over this world. If I told you what we spend, what we send out, invest every month in partnerships to bless people, it'll choke people out of their lunch. Because it's not about us. The reason why we keep getting blessed is because we keep blessing people. Not just tithes, not just offerings, but missions and blessing people all over this world. Not just all over this world. You let somebody walk by me here in the church, and I know you got a need. You got you know, listen. I don't just bless strangers. So the faith is where you start out. That's where you start. You bless people right here in the house. That's when you know you've made it. When you prefer others above yourself. God wants you. He, he's, he's, he's imploring you to let him help you to get you so rich. When you read Job's story, you mostly read Job chapter 1 and Job 42. But you read between Job 2 and Job 41, and you'll read Job's story about how he always ministered to people. Why was Job so blessed? He always ministered to people. He said, I, took, I, was, he said, I was eyes to the blind. He said, the widows and the orphans, they cried out to me, and I took care of the widows and the orphans. That's the reason Job was so blessed, because he always blessed other people. And if you and I would get that end in our minds, then God will show you, okay, change this, switch that, leave this, leave that, boom, and I'm going to start blessing you more and more and more and more until you have so much abundance. God, I got to bless somebody. God, I got I to I gotta bless somebody. Looking for it. That's when you're rich. Y'all got it? Let Jesus help you. Let Jesus help you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you today for the word. Thank you, Lord, for your people who have received the word. I pray that each person today, as they have received, I thank you that you have spoken. And I ask you that you would do the continued work in their hearts, in all of our hearts, too. So this word isn't just um, entertaining, it isn't just interesting, but it actually is able to enter into our hearts and get planted in the soil of our hearts and produce 
this rich life that you want us to enjoy. I thank you, Father, that, Lord, you have, the whole world is yours, the whole earth is yours, the fullness thereof. Everything on this planet, riches that we don't know about, hidden riches and secret places, it all belongs to you. And, God, you're looking for righteous people that you can get these things into our hands. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, you begin to teach us by the Holy Ghost. Show us how to um, let those things go that keep sabotaging our prosperity. To leave those sometimes people that keep feeding us with wrong mindsets that sabotages our prosperity. And I pray, Father, that your word we will do as your word says. Let your, let your word dwell in us richly in all wisdom and understanding. So we'll have what we need to receive what you have for us. Bless us today in this place. And we will give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give God one, one big praise today.